All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Um, here, uh, you're expecting to see this guy. He's still out. I did talk to him today. He sounds better. He says he's starting to feel better, so hopefully uh, hopefully we'll see him manning the big chair tomorrow night. In the meantime, again, it's myself, Paul Nolan, with news. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. We're not going to see the big fella tomorrow night. He's, he's milking this thing. There's no oh, way. <laughs> he said he needed this. a week off. He, is he still hiding from the Rory McIlroy thing? Yeah, I think so. I talked to him today, and he's doing the fake cough, and he's like, yeah, oh, I feel yeah, terrible. <clears throat> you know, in the background, I hear a golf club swinging. I didn't, I didn't buy any of it. <laughs> Cigar. All right, so we'll see what happens. We also got Rick Amorati with sports. Rick, what do you got for us tonight? A little tease? Uh, yeah, Rick. Well, we got the NFL schedule was released today with all the times and dates. We got some big blockbuster games to start out the season. Whoop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to tie your audience. Click. <laughs> Go ahead, hey, got, hey I, got, I got the Italian Open tonight, too. And a big NFL legendary executive comes out in support of Tim Tebow. I got that in a second report. I like it. All right. So we'll, we'll look forward to that coming up towards the end of the first hour. But we're going to take a different turn tonight here, fellas. I know the last two nights we've been doing election integrity stuff, talking about Arizona, Jan Bryant, we're making her a star. Tonight, well, we're going to gloat a little bit. Yeah, gee, can you cue Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Can you (laughs) play that music for us? Yeah, one one of them seems to be down. Uh, That person I speak of is, yes... Yeah, the 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 affable and uh, turncoat known as Liz Cheney from yeah. the great state of Wyoming. Today it was uh, it was hotly anticipated an early morning vote on the House floor to relieve her of her duties as the number three. And uh, wow, what a surprise! She 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 did end up uh, getting kicked off. Uh, right, oh. all these neocon kids all defending their neocon dads who just made trillions off the war machine off the murder of innocent people and she doesn't like it that her old man got called out so she's held a held a grudge since day one because of it yeah and it's about time someone called out the bushes and the cheneys and the wolfowitz and the mccain's and all these people who have done nothing but profit off a of war and sell out america and she's cried like a baby since and this is a uh, what i call comeuppance yeah so a, a little bit of comeuppance it's a great way to uh, to phrase it paul it's so uh, they voted house republicans voted uh, yep. wednesday morning in favor of removing Liz Cheney from her leadership post. Cheney was the House GOP conference chairwoman and the number three Republican. Think of that. The number three Republican. Yeah. And when the party is Trump's party, this wow. this woman went against the lion, got her head bit off, and now she'll watch. You know, we'll see. She'll be a talking head on some lousy network before we know it. Well, Cheney- she's, she's going to remain in the House. She just loses her position. Right, but she's losing all credibility. Yeah. You, you can't see her career in politics lasting no. very long. I mean, this is when when her position ends, it's going to be over for her, yep. at least in my opinion. Yeah, she'd have to move to, like, New York State or California to get elected again. Yeah, exactly right. She really would, just on an anti-orange campaign. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, so Cheney survived a vote earlier this year to remove her after she voted in favor of impeaching President Trump following the January 6th Capitol riot. She failed to survive a second vote on Wednesday after she continued to publicly feud with the former president over claims of a widespread 2020 election fraud. And uh, I, I think the clip does really all the work. We need to hear this goofball when she starts speaking. She just can't stop. Right. Yeah. And. and- and you know what? There was a, there's a couple clips that I made sure that G had available for us because she spoke twice. She spoke the post, last night. The post speech to me right. is is 
is but hysterical. But she also spoke last night on the floor, and it's amazing. There was, I think, one person there to listen to her. Oh, wow. One I person. I didn't see that yet, so this will be news to me watching um, that one. So, yeah, take a listen to this. This is Liz Cheney from last night on the House floor. God has blessed America, Mr. Speaker, but our freedom only survives if we protect it, if we honor our oath taken before God in this chamber to support and defend the Constitution, right, here if she we goes. recognize threats to freedom when they arise. Today, we face a threat America has never seen before, a former president who provoked a violent attack on this Capitol in an effort to steal the election, has resumed his aggressive effort to convince Americans that the election was stolen from him. All right, you can stop her right he there, risks- G, because right there she starts off lying. Okay, she lies about the what, what happened on January 6th. Everybody knows it's time, it's time stamped. He was still speaking when some of these things started going down at the Capitol, and we all know it was uh, the Antifa-driven um, people that were in there really tearing things up. Um, and it's an amazing thing when you have people, well, we've seen some of the video. We've, we've only scratched the surface of some of the video that's available because, again, you're talking about the Capitol. There are cameras everywhere. Yeah. Why haven't we seen some of those closed-circuit cameras? Maybe because what they re- might reveal might be a little embarrassing to people. Let's keep going, G. Inciting further violence. Millions of Americans have been misled by the former president. They have heard only his words, but not the truth, as he continues to undermine our democratic process, sowing seeds of doubt about whether democracy really works at all. Yeah. I am a conservative you know, Republican. Doubt anything, the and the does. most conservative of conservative principles is reverence for the rule of law. The Electoral College has voted. More than 60 state and federal courts including multiple judges the former president appointed, have rejected his claims. The Trump Department of Justice investigated the former president's claims of widespread fraud and found no evidence to support them. Ah, that's the election why. is that's over. That is the rule of law. That is our constitutional process. <laughs> Those who refuse to accept the rulings of our courts are at war with the Constitution. Our duty is clear. Every one of us who has sworn the oath must act to prevent the unraveling of our democracy. This is not about policy. This is not about partisanship. This is about our duty as Americans. Remaining silent and ignoring the lie emboldens the liar. I will not participate in that. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. Ah, wow. she's got, yeah, no, of course, you know, yeah. she takes her shots. Then she gets her buzzwords in there. Right. She gets her, her, gets her speaking, her talking points in because that's, you know, that's the approved narrative. Of course, Goodbye. blame Trump. He's lying. Uh, don't don't believe what you actually see. You know, the all these, uh, you know, having a hundred and ten percent voter turnout. No, no, no. Don't look at that. No, that would be crazy. That would be insane. Don't look at that. So that was last night. And then, of course, that was in anticipation of what she knew was going to happen. She was going to get the old boot in the butt. And, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, you said something before. I just wanted to touch on it. 
there's cameras all over yes. the Capitol. Yes. The heavily surveilled Capitol. Oh, yes. The most heavily surveilled place oh, in yes. the world. Yes. How can we still don't know who killed Ashley Babbitt? Oh, we know who did it, but they just won't release his name. Yeah, but we don't know. So right. why? Where? That's What's a good up? question as well. You know, this is the, the hypocrisy of it all. You want to talk about worrying about our Constitution? You want to talk about worrying about upholding law? How about weaponized... You know, weaponized, uh, weaponized DMG government. and government. I mean, the the CIA has been, let's call it mischievous, because I don't want to pipe bomb on my car. You know, the <laughs> FBI has now been compromised. I mean, we know the DOJ has been useless. Homeland Security is completely corrupt. I mean, they surveil everything and everywhere we go on every little level when it doesn't even matter. Yeah. They have algorithms on every single one of us, and she's talking about a constitution after her whole family broke the constitution at every level through all of its reign of terror. Okay. All right, good. I'm glad we have her as an authority here. And you know what's funny is that I was watching a little bit of Edward Snowden talking to uh, Russell Brand today, of all people. But he he does great stuff. He does great stuff uh, on his podcast. He does, because he brings a good perspective that's outside of what I would normally see or feel right but he, he he was talking to snowden and snowden was you know talking about conspiracy theories he goes and and you know what's it's so to paraphrase it because i don't have it in front of me he was saying that it sounds crazy but they're doing it right in front of your face and they'll tell you that they're going to do it yeah and it seems so outlandish most people think nah it can't be true yeah it's in plain sight like he, he goes when i first heard them we want to collect all the data of every single person and he and he's kind of laughed. He's like, "How the heck are you going to do that?" He goes, and then all of a sudden, he he got to see it. He's like, "Oh yeah. my goodness, they can do this." So yeah, it's, he was, it's a it's a scary thing. Yeah. So now let's continue with Liz because she's the star of today's first segment. Uh, gee, we've got her her little speech after she got the boot in the butt. <laughs> uh, we. Uh... Uh, have had the the conference meeting. Uh, I uh, am what absolutely happened? committed, as I said last night, uh-huh. uh, as, and as I said just now to my colleagues, uh, that we must go forward right. uh, based on truth. Uh-huh. We cannot both uh, embrace the big lie and embrace the Constitution. Uh-huh. And going forward, uh, the nation needs it. The nation needs a strong Republican Party. Yep. Uh, the nation needs a party that uh, that is based upon fundamental principles of conservatism. And I am committed and dedicated to ensuring uh, that that's how this party goes forward. And I plan to lead the fight to do that. Oh, okay. How are you going to do that when you're out of power? Here's what she has to say about uh, the former president. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have seen the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language. Uh, we have Ooh, seen his hurt. lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. Uh, and I think it's very important that we make sure whomever we elect is somebody who will be faithful to the Constitution. Unreal. <laughs> I do not. I think that uh, it is uh, an indication of where the Republican Party is, uh, and I think that the party uh, is in a place that we've got to bring it back from, and we've got to get back to a position where uh, we are a party that can fight for conservative principles, that can fight for substance. We cannot be dragged backward uh, by uh, the very dangerous lies of a former president. Thank you. Especially now that the Middle East is starting to explode, we can start to make money on it again. Man, it's it's good to be back in power. Yeah, yep, yeah. 
Good you know, is it back in town? Yeah. So we'll be t- actually we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, and, and of course, the the former president, uh, forty five, from the desk of Donald J. Trump, he had this to say. Let's go with. Uh, <laughs> this is great. Let's go with uh, pick number two there, G. From uh, the desk of Donald Trump, he had this to say about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is, Liz Cheney is a bitter, horrible human being. I watched her yesterday and realized how bad she is for the Republican Party. She has no personality or anything good having to do with politics or our country. She's a talking point for Democrats, whether that means the border, the gas lines, inflation, or destroying our economy. She is a warmonger whose family stupidly pushed us into a never-ending Middle East disaster, draining our wealth, depleting our great military, and worst decision in our country's history. I look forward to soon watching her as a paid contributor on <laughs> CNN or MSNBC. <laughs> so Paul just said that. There you funny. have it. Bingo. From the desk. That's funny. Boy, I right miss him money. on Twitter. And, and you know what? He, he, he is getting a little bit personal there, but... I know why, and I'll share that with you when we get back from this uh, quick break, because there's more to Liz Cheney than we've heard. And uh, there was something that came out recently that didn't get a lot of attention. We'll be we'll be showing that to you in just a few moments. In the meantime, thanks for joining us on a Wednesday night live from Studio 6B. We've got plenty to do. We've got a special guest coming up at 830, Mike Murphy. He's running for governor in the great state of Minnesota. We'll be talking to him live on the air. We've got Crazy Town, we've got sports, we got news with uh, Paul. Ah, so much to do. It's a Wednesday night. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for joining us on a Wednesday night. Remember, uh, check us out on all the platforms. You can follow us, LFS6B. Just put that in. It'll take you to our Facebook, our Twitter. Um, You can also email the show. Damon reads all the emails as often as he can. He loves getting them. And and, and as you've heard, he, he reads some of the best ones on the air. So you could be featured if you're really... Uh, uh, what they call a wordsmith. LFS6B at yahoo.com is the email. Uh, you can also find us on, on uh, Rumble and YouTube, everywhere. And, and of course, share it with your friends. We're always trying to grow the show wherever we can and make sure you, uh, you know, take care of us. We'll take care of you. Again, Mike Murphy, he's running for governor for the great state of Minnesota. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. But right now, I want to continue with Liz. Liz, there she is. That's a that's a smart looking Hillary Clinton type suit she's wearing. Same color as she looks a little bit like a good looking Hillary. Like if Hillary had you know had a bizarro good looking one, that would be a better looking Hillary. No, oh, that's just me. Hey, um, what I want to say because you know in that last Donald J. Trump from his desk about Liz, it seemed like it got personal, right? Yeah, it got, did it get just, seemed, just, just a little as personal as it gets. It got a little bit personal. He might as well called it a c word for God's sakes. And 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 I think God, I know that was personal. And I think I know here. I think I know the reason why. I mean, let's face it. Because when she was voting, when Trump was in office, she voted what ninety plus percent with his policies. So that was a good thing. But when when push came to shove and the election happened and all the disarray that followed after it, um, she picked, she chose a side. She didn't choose, um, you know, supporting the president, no matter what the outcome. She said, you know what? Let me call up my buddies. Let me call up dad and his buddies and see if I can get them together to do something. 
you know, kind of on the on the DL, as they say, on the down low. Turns out, and uh, we have a picture of the uh, the headline from the Washington Post. She was behind all living ten former defense secretaries uh, writing a letter. Um bashing Trump, saying that he shouldn't be allowed to use any military uh, whatsoever, trying trying to get the uh, the military powers taken away from him. And we're talking about Ash Carter, Dick Cheney, huh, what a familiar name, William Cohn, Mark Esper, Robert Gates, Chuck Hagel, James Mattis, Leon Panetta, William Perry, and Donald Rumsfeld. All 10 living former U.S. defense secretaries hold a common view, and they wrote a letter of basically dissenting against Trump and saying that he should have no uh, <laughs> he should have no access to the military for the peaceful transfer of power. So that that would be a good enough reason I think. You know when when someone who's supposed to be in your party in your corner gathering up Dude, this yeah. is a scam. She's a scam. She's a, she's just a She's a sham of a mockery of a travesty of two shams of a mockery. <laughs> right. And, and when you see some of these names, Leon Panetta, Dick Cheney, Don Rumsfeld, Robert Gates. I mean, it's like it's the neocom parade. Yeah, it's it's all, the it's deepest just, of the deep. They were the, they're the ones who hijacked the Republican Party. And it's the same like same thing with the De- Democrat Party. They were hijacked by the you know. The, Communists. Yeah, we had the fascists on, you know, hijack one, and the communists hijack another, and then they've been interbreeding so long. We have this new thing of government that's been of some bastard child that looks nothing like the American way of life. Yeah, it's, it's the Uniparty. You know, like uh, I think you were the first one I've heard this from. Uh, you know, left wing, right wing are the same bird. It's they look. They're all just wheeling with you like pro wrestling, right? Yeah. You know, you think they all hate each other, and as soon as the cameras are off, they're <laughs> high fiving, they're wheeling and dealing. I'll right. give you a little of this. I get some of that. Yes, it's, yeah. it's a joke. <laughs> let's go out to dinner. Hey, what are you? Hey, let's go on vacation well, together. You, right, Rick. Your boy Doug Absolutely. Smith said the same thing. Yep. He goes, we all go head to head, but then we all have to work together. So we're all nice exactly. to each other as soon as the cameras are off. He said it. Yep. Yeah, so. it's, it's an amazing thing. So that could that could have a little bit to do with it. So keep that in mind next time you see Liz Cheney, you know, squawking about how she's, you know, for the Constitution and the rule of law, right? And, and you know, trying trying to throw every uh, every uh, bumper sticker phrase she can into into a statement. Um, we'll see what what happens more with her. Like Paul said, she's she's probably going to be uh, either not running again or she's just going to step down from her seat. In the house, we'll see what happens as pressure continues to build. Um, let's cleanse the palate, though, so to speak. Okay? Yeah, let's do that. Because I'm done with Liz Cheney. I think all of you are as well. And I'm sure she'll love to hear this poll from Just the <laughs> News. Um, Trump has a strong 2024 majority among GOP voters. DeSantis would take his spot in his absence. So according oh. to this uh, poll from Just the News, Republican voters still overwhelmingly favor former President Trump in a hypothetical 2024 presidential election that would break strongly for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis should Trump decide not to run. Uh, the polling was done by the Trafalgar Group in, in uh, partnership with the Convention of the States Action shows that among likely Republican primary voters, 61% signaled an intent to vote for Trump. Wow. 
Wow, right. Pretty impressive, right? Yeah. Wow. And uh, so there you have it. That's just nice. the kind of tip of the iceberg. And I know DeSantis we, we, right behind him. Yep. And, and I know I said we wanted to uh, move on from Liz, but uh, oh, oh, Jen Psaki had something to say about Liz Cheney today. Gee, let's roll that. That's cut number 27. What is the president's response uh, to Congresswoman Cheney's speech last night in which she uh, denounced uh, former President Trump's big lie and said the party, Republican Party needs to stand for fair and free elections and then her subsequent ouster this morning from her leadership position? Well, let's start with the facts. Uh, oh, more good. than 80 facts. judges across the country threw out lawsuits attempting to overturn the outcome of the election. And on January 6th, uh, you know, this moment in history, we're looking at their hearings on Capitol Hill about the events on January 6th. Our nation's capital was attacked, our democracy was attacked, and six people lost their lives. So six. it's disturbing to see any leader, regardless of party, being attacked for simply speaking the truth. And as the president said last week, uh, it's hard to understand. Uh, but our belief, his belief, is that the American people will have to make their own decisions about whether the reaction by the people they elected to represent them should be embracing and elevating conspiracies and attacks on our democracy, or whether it should be standing up for ideals that have historically been owned by both Democrats and Republicans representing the country throughout history. Uh, who cares? All right, let's move on. <laughs> she's, she's just useless. Um, useless. Let us, uh, as I said, cleanse that palate with crazy town. Um, let's go with the Biden one here. Uh, here, G, on the vaccines. Let's do this and get ready. In light of the end of, uh, <laughs> that we've been talking about, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, it's growing brighter and brighter. Train. And we need all of you to bring it home. Americans ages 12 and up, get vaccinated. Uh, and it's July 4th. Let's celebrate our independence as a nation and our independence from this virus. We can do this. And as I said a little bit earlier today in another context, you know, I don't believe that the American people, there's any significant portion of American people who refuse to get vaccinated. You keep hearing about how Republicans won't and this. Look, if it's available, if it's nearby, if it's convenient, people are getting vaccinated. I believe the vast majority of Americans are going to get vaccinated. That's the route we're going now. So may God bless you all and may God protect our troops. And if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear this outside around people unless there's really large groups. You don't have to wear it inside if you're with people that you uh, that have also been vaccinated. So. Uh, Protect yourself. Protect your neighbors. I remember uh, Crazy Town was funny. Now it's just scary and sad. Yeah. And, and you know, don't, don't, you don't have to wear this outside. You don't have to wear it outside anyway. The CDC's already been caught inflating the number yet again. Oh, about eh, not, not less than 10%, way less than 10%, maybe under 1% chance of walking around outside and catching it. So take that, Joe, and stick it in your mask. Hey, uh, we've got uh, Mike Murphy. He's coming up. Yeah, it looks promising. Interesting bio. Read about him. He looks like a real stand-up guy. What we need. Yeah, and we'll be talking to him next right here on the show, LFS6B. Make sure you send us emails, tag us, follow us, check it out, share it with your friends. We'll be back with more right after this. Stay there.
All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Wednesday night. Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. And, of course, on all the socials, make sure you follow, punch the like button, share it with your friends. And you can also watch us on americasvoice.news. So you can watch the show online as well and uh, throw some comments up there and uh, you know, have a little fun with the, uh, the community that joins there. In the meantime as well, uh, we will, you know, we will give a little plug to the Discord and Telegram groups. But right now, I want to welcome to the show, straight out of the great state of Minnesota, his name is Mr. Mike Murphy. Mike, welcome to LFSXP. How are you tonight, sir? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? I, I'm doing great. And thank you for uh, taking the opportunity and taking the time and joining us. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, Minnesota, I feel like that's been on the news a lot lately, that state. <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah, just a little bit. All right. Uh, I, I think we have a few things going on here. Yeah, just a few things. And we'll get to those in a few minutes. One thing I got to get off right off the top, because this is important, especially for, for our sports guy. Are you a fan of Prince? Absolutely. Who isn't a fan of Prince? You can't live in Minnesota and not be a fan of Prince. That's why he wore purple tonight. We usually, our resident sports guy is always wearing the purple, but he had to suck up. Paisley Park. Paisley Park. (laughs) All right. So so let's find out more about you, Mike Murphy. You're running for governor, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, you're running under the Republican ticket. Now, you guys have uh, have a primary, correct? Yeah, we have a nomination and we have a primary. We kind of have two levels in the state. We're a nominating party in Minnesota. Okay, now when is the uh, when is that that primary? When is that happening? So that primary is going to be August 2022, and the nominating convention is May 2022. All right, so you're getting you're getting an early start. You have to. Um, I mean, our state's ran by a bunch of crazy people, so we got to get out <laughs> and we got to st- we got to get going now if we're going to take Minnesota back. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great point. Now, if you haven't heard of Mike Murphy, you probably will very soon. He's not only a husband; he's a father. He's a former police officer. He's an entrepreneur, and uh, he's also he, he was also on the Lexington City Council as well as mayor. Mayor. So now you're yeah, ready I'm for the next mayor. step. Still mayor. Yeah, I'm still, still mayor. the mayor of my city of Lexington, actually. Okay, and and. Yeah. Now, now, in terms of running for governor, though, this is this is a big step because now this is statewide. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about your issues. I was on your website, which you've got a great website, by the way. You keep it keep it pretty uh, simple, especially when it comes to the issues. Seems like you're running on four basic issues, one of which I think is very important to the great state of Minnesota, who's suffered a lot since last year, and that's business and job growth. Talk about talk about what you plan on bringing back to the state. Oh, absolutely. Minnesota used to be known for innovation, low taxes, you know, or everything about the state was beautiful. But once the Democrats got in control, everything just started getting out of hand. Um, Our tyrannical governor, who I call Tyrant Tim, uh, right now he can't get anything. (laughs) Tyrant Tim, King Walls, there's a lot of names for that guy. But um, right now he he wants to tax businesses on the PPP loans that they took out during the pandemic. Um, he wants to raise tax brackets uh, to 1.5 percent on uh, high-income earners. He wants to to spend our money, do this, do that. It's just a giant mess. I, I, he's never met a tax or a spend bill that he doesn't fall in love with, and we need to stop that nonsense in Minnesota. We got to get Minnesota back to the core, basic values of how government is supposed to work. It's supposed to be for the people and by the people. So what we need to do is cut regulations, lower the tax brackets, and let the private center 
or private sector do what it does best, and that's through innovation. I want to bring opportunity zones to Minnesota and the hard-hit areas that were, uh, you know, from the looting and the riots that took place last summer in the inner city. I want to lift people out of poverty, and I want to stop the, uh, you know, the generational poverty that's going on here in Minnesota, and I really want people to prosper in this state. Right. So it's kind of just a little example of my business agenda. Yeah, and again, you do have that business background. You're an entrepreneur. You started your own business. You, you know, as Paul has talked about, we were talking a little bit before you came on, you know, uh, about how you've, you've balanced a checkbook. You've had to make payroll, that kind of stuff. And I think that yep. gets lost on a lot of people who get into government because a lot of them don't have that kind of background. They don't know what they're doing when it comes to finance. Absolutely not. And the problem is, is we're electing these people that look kind of good on paper because they have a really good educational background, but education doesn't always mean intelligence. And we're, we're electing individuals that are activists and those people have zero life experiences. They have personal agendas and they shouldn't be running our governments. Right. Now, now, now talk to me about the COVID thing, because I mean, let's say it COVID first hits, you know, not only the country, but, you know, your state and your city as well. Mm -hmm. um, how did that coupled with, you know, the, the disarray of the looting and the riots, how did that affect your city? Because let's face it, you're the mayor uh, and you've got to handle everything. Yeah. Um, we were really fortunate. We have a phenomenal city staff, city administrator that runs the day-to-day -day in Lexington, which we're about 10 minutes north of Minneapolis and St. Paul. So we're not that far away yeah, not at all. from where everything took place. Um, you know, it, it did hurt our small businesses, but we're a pro-business city. We're pro-everything that needs to be there for the community. So we allowed businesses to use city property to open up. We foregoed any liquor license fees, any city fees, any permit fees, anything that we could possibly do to help our small businesses survive. Right. And I'm really proud to say that everybody did. As far as I know, everybody's still here. Our restaurants are still here and they're still thriving. Yeah. And it's, you almost sound like you're, uh, you're following the uh, Ron DeSantis playbook. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? You know, let's face yep. it, uh, I, I, you know what it means to, to keep those businesses opening again, you know, being a business owner yourself and how mm -hmm. that affects not only not only the people that own the business, but the surrounding community. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I tell a lot of people, they're like, well, what kind of governor do you think you'll be like? And I'm like, well, I want to be the Ron DeSantis of, uh, of the Great Woods. <laughs> I want to be the Ron DeSantis of Minnesota because that's what we desperately need here. Otherwise, people are going to be leaving the state and they're going to be flocking to the Floridas and the Texas and right. the states of freedoms like South Dakota. And we, we can't have that. We're going to we have a lot of major businesses in the state that are going to pack up and leave. Yeah, exactly. You hey, know, if Paul, I Paul Nolan want to ask you a question real quick. And we love yeah. your bio. Great right out of the gate it's um just nice to see a guy who had to make payroll a guy who's been on law enforcement you, you check all the boxes for me but one of the things that still bothers me about what's going on throughout the last couple of years is we've seen a lot of election fraud along the lines of what project veritas broke with ballot brokers out of the back of cars and how does a guy with your pedigree compete with you know a lot of the corruption that we've seen and really nothing has gone on for it. Like, how is, how is your team going to combat these challenges? Well, we're writing those answers down on paper every day how we're going to do it. But one unique thing that we have here in Minnesota right now is this, the only thing that's Republican is the Senate. 
And the Senate needs to grow a backbone and the Senate majority leader needs to fight against the governor and say, I'm not going to sign your budget on, unless you pass election reforms. Voter ID, they did pass a voter ID bill, but it's going to get shut down in the House. So what we really need to do is get the voters involved. We need to start converting people over from the, the tyranny of the Democrat rule and show them that, you know, this side of the aisle is okay. We're for prosperity. We're all about inclusion, diversity, you name it. It doesn't matter. I, I want people to thrive and prosper. So you don't need to be stuck on that terrible, terrible DFL position. The Democrat Farmer Labor Union is what they're called up here. You don't need to be over there. Just because you hear the word democracy doesn't mean Democrat. Right. Mm, exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. Hey, yeah. you know what? Um, uh, you know, Paul brought it up as well. You, you being a, a former law enforcement officer, talk about how, you know, because I'm sure you still have people that you, you know, you've worked with, you're friends with. How is how is that whole dynamic challenged you, especially being mayor, too, as well in your own in your own jurisdiction? Mm. Yeah, so that's been a really long time ago when I was in law enforcement. Um, past life is what I like to call it because that's been about 15 years now. I had to leave early because of an off-duty back injury. I miss it every day. But the cool part is I stayed involved. I do have endorsements by chief of, or police chiefs across the state. Um, we're growing more and more every day. Um, but it's important because now I'm in the position of mayor. So I, you know, I, I work with our police hand in hand every day. So I'm just doing it in a completely different role. And it's really important that we stop the war on our law enforcement. It's insane that we have a war in this country right now on our law enforcement officers. We need to fund them and give them the tools and training required that they need. And we need to weed out the bad apples. Right. And, you know, we talked about Governor DeSantis earlier. He just passed or signed in a police protection act in Florida. And we need that desperately here in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, Mike, I come from a family of law enforcement. My father's a cop, my uncles, I have seven cousins, cops, a lot of friends. Where I grew up was just either a cop, a fireman, nurse, or a teacher, it's kind of a thing. Um, the one conversation that kept coming up at family dinners was the unconstitutional laws that bureaucrats and legislators just keep pummeling down on cops and hurts the relationship with cops in the streets because, you know, a lot of times we would argue they're out there to tax and collect instead of serve and protect. And a lot of times they just want they just wanted nothing to do with some of these laws they were forced to enforce, which really, especially in New York City and Queens and some of the boroughs, it created such animosity between the really the underprivileged communities and the cops who really just wanted to serve those communities and create relationships out there. It was, it was a tough dynamic for them to swallow. Is there anything you could do if you do get elected to protect cops from these terrible situations that bureaucrats put them in? Yeah, well, first off, we need to get rid of the government regulations and the handicaps and the handcuffs, whatever you want to call it, that are tying our law enforcement or police officers' hands behind their backs. We need to make sure that they feel confident going into, you know, working their shift that night, working their beat, knowing that the government and the people have their back if something happens and they're not going to rush to judgment and, and bring this giant fiery mob to their homes like they do here in Minnesota. Yeah. So that's why we need that P Police Protection Act. We do need policing reforms. We need to weed out the bad apples at, at, at the same time. And we also need to be prosecuting our criminals. I don't understand why in this country we're taking violent career criminals and putting them on a pedestal and treating them like they're heroes. Yeah. That makes absolutely no mm. sense. We need prosecuting attorneys that actually prosecute the law and we need judges that stop releasing criminals 
out on bail early for committing violent acts. Just like, I don't know if you guys heard about the uh, Wells Fargo a bank hostage situation that happened here in Minnesota yeah. the other day. Yep. But that guy's a felon, a multiple felon, and he was released because the judge let him out on bail. If he would have just kept him in there for the crime that he committed until he had his court hearing, none of that would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing the the stunning turnabout. It's almost like living in a bizarre world where, you know, the the criminals are are celebrated and and the law enforcement is vilified. It, it's it's amazing and it's sad to see at the same time. Hey, real quick, we're running out of time, but I know one yeah. of the four tenets on your on your issues is the second amendment and we've seen that coming under attack. Uh what do you plan to do to make sure it's protected so what, in the state of Minnesota? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking that question. So what I did in my community as mayor last week, we passed a second amendment sanctuary resolution. So we declared the city of Lexington well, the only state in the metro county of Minnesota to be a second amendment sanctuary. When I'm elected governor, we're gonna make Minnesota a constitutional state, constitutional carry state and a second amendment sanctuary for all Minnesotans. Because we let's face it, there are criminals out there. We need to protect ourselves. We have to have the right to protect our families. And the Second Amendment doesn't grant you the right to bear arms. It grants us the right for the government not to take those arms away from us. And we need to make sure that our constitutional amendments are protected at all times. Amen. That's great. Well, you know what? Congratulations on getting that, uh, signing that bill and, uh, you know, helping, you know, keep the Second Amendment protected as much as possible. It's under attack, as we said. We've been talking to it Mike is. Murphy. He's running for governor in the great state of Minnesota. Make sure if you're a resident of Minnesota, hey, look into him. He's got some great stuff. His, his uh, website, MikeMurphy4MN.com. You can read all about him. You can donate to his cause. You can find out Thank where you, you can go and meet him, too, because he's got a bunch of time until that primary. Yeah. So he's going to be out there yep. kissing babies and, and shaking hands. Please get behind yeah, the school. Absolutely. Yeah. All luck, right, Mike, Mike. Thank you so much. <laughs> much for joining us Thanks, we truly appreciate it all right we'll be back with more live from studio 6b right after these words stay there a little funkiness here on live from studio 6b on real america's voice just uh, had a great conversation with a, a perennial who could be, you know, let's face it, he could be the next mayor, I mean, uh, next governor of Minnesota. And and wouldn't that be nice to see? I, I don't yep. think we've had a, a mayor of Minnesota, uh, governor of Minnesota that we've been able to name since Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, who God knows what happened to him. I mean, he flipped his script every time he could, man. He, you know, I'm just here in Minnesota being governor. Anyhow, that's, that's as good as it gets and, and it's an impression of someone else's impression so that means it's terrible uh before we get to rick a with sports i know uh paul we we wanted to hit up the uh the telegram and the discord group right? yeah the discord group lfs6b dash nut jobs i want to thank you guys your gold i mean it's just a great group and the telegram group also look from lfs6b and i know the gab page the lfs6b group is growing so if you can check out gab by the way gab seems to be getting a little roll going here yeah. seeing more and more action on it right and definitely. rumble too right yep definitely uh definitely more action on rumble i know there's they're starting to offer live streaming now on rumble i'm not sure where that sits in our future i guess damon will figure that out i i do like the, i think they should make this though i like when they call 
themselves LFS six B, SEAL Team Six B. I like that LFS <laughs> SEAL Team Six B. That's cool. Yeah, and you can also but, follow me on Gab as well. I'm on their uh, Ugly American Radio. You'll see me on there. Um, with that said, Rick Amorati, what is going on with sports tonight, sir? Rick Delgado, I commend you on that purple shirt. Looks great on you. It looks like you raided my closet on the way over to the show tonight. <laughs> right, but it looks this. great. Great tie-in with the governor, Mike Murphy. Well, that's why I wore it, because I knew I knew what that first question was going to be about Prince. So I needed Beautiful. to represent. Excellent. Thank you, Rick. Okay, well, let's go to the Major League Baseball. we got a lot on tap here for sports, so let me try to squeeze in as much as I can right now. Mets over the Orioles in New York, 7-1 to one tonight. Uh, Reds over the Pirates, 5-1. to one. That's a final. These are all finals. And the Indians over the Cubs, 2-1. to one. Padres came back to beat the Rockies 5-3. to three. And um, we have the, uh, and those are all finals. Going into bottom of the fifth, Phillies won nothing over the Nationals. Top six, Yankees and Rays, nothing, nothing. Bottom of the fifth, Royals and Tigers tied at two. Bottom of the fifth also, Athletics and Red Sox tied at one. Blue Jays uh, right now trail the Braves, one nothing, top five. End of the third, Cardinals and Brewers, nothing, nothing. Top second, we have the Astros over the Angels, three zip. And also top second, White Sox lead the Twins, two to one. Marlins visit the Diamondbacks and the Mariners go out west to take on on the Dodgers at 10 o'clock tonight. NHL action. Just a few games as the season, the regular season, that is, winds down. Oilers in overtime over the Canadians, 4-3 to three today. And in action now, the Maple Leafs and Senators, nothing-nothing at the end of one. Kings visit the Avalanche, Wild at the Blues, and Golden Knights are out in San Jose to take on the Sharks. All those games, puck drops are at 9 o'clock tonight. NBA action. Wizards right now 67-58 over the Hawks. Little story. Russell Westbrook is trying to break a record of the most triple-doubles in NBA history, trying to beat out the great Oscar Robertson. And uh, right now, he's six uh, rebounds shy of a triple-double. It's uh, ten minutes to go in the third, so we'll keep an eye on that. But that could be an NBA record that has stood for about a good... Almost 50 years. Yeah, I, I bet you'll see all his teammates run in the other direction when there's a rebound to get and just let him have yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that, Rick. Are they going <laughs> to no set doubt. it up, right? Yeah. It's going to be like Michael Strahan getting the uh, sack record. Yeah, with Brett Favre t- taking a dive. Remember that well. Uh, Nets, 35-20 over the Spurs. Brooklyn Nets back in form. Uh, and right now, uh, Mike, uh, Mike James uh, lead, uh, leads uh, all scores with nine points. We have the Cavs right now, 22-13 uh, over the Celtics, who are struggling. Mavs and Pelicans. Trailblazers at the Jazz and Rockets out west take on the Lakers. All those games tip after nine. And the NFL schedule is out, and everybody should know by now and go check your team's websites who, where, what, and when you're playing. And the Cowboys are going to open up the NFL season against the champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is from David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com. Uh, the 2021 NFL season will be ushered in by the Dallas Cowboys, while the full season schedule won't be available until tonight. Of course, it's out now. Um, the week one's games this morning are including a tilt between the Cowboys, who will visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for that first Thursday night game. September 9th. That is the NFL kickoff game that started in 2012. Traditionally, that's the Super Bowl champion hosting usually a good playoff contender. Most people thought it would be the runner-up Kansas City Chiefs. However, the 5-11 and Dallas Cowboys, those media darlings that we all know they are, will be taking on that game and taking on Brady. And Brady's already tweeted out, I can't wait to play America's team. So, you know, shots fired <laughs> over there from, uh, from Brady. See, you'll take a, Paul, you're going to get something to say there. <laughs> what do you got, Paul? I was just curious. It just seems very strange that such a poor team would be on the opening game. I know you're a diehard uh, Cowboy fan, yes. so if this is not a zinger at you, uh, this is just me curious. Why do you think the league did it? 
A lot of the talk is that with Dak Prescott signing that big contract, I, I think they're waiting to see how he's going to come back. And let's face it, Cowboys are, you know, traditionally the number one uh, rated team in football, and they're the wealthiest sports franchise in the entire world at a little over $5 billion. So, so you feel like your team got the wrench because they're so popular. I mean, throw them to the Lions' first game in Tampa. That's tough to take on Tom Brady. But, hey, you'll find out real early. But the Cowboys got a tough schedule this year. But, you know, like you said earlier, Paul, everybody complains. Nobody says, I got an easy schedule. So, yeah, you, you know. Never You're hear right. an NFL fan say, oh, we got an easy cakewalk to the playoffs. You never <laughs> exactly. Says, Every game's tough in the NFL. All right, let's go to tennis. The Italian oh, real, Open. Real Big- quick, real quick, Rick, yeah. on that. Brady versus the Pats in New England on October 3rd. Ooh, that's a good one. Oof. That should be, be fun. That'll be a network, darling. Uh, so b- back to the Italian Open. Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka both lost today. This is an AP report. <laughs> oh, wow. Serena Williams saw the 1,000 match of her illustrious career end in a straight set defeat by Argentina's Nadia Podoroska at the Italian Open. The 39-year-old American playing her first competitive match since mid-February was beaten 7-6-8-6-7-5. And Naomi Osaka suffered a stre- second straight defeat on clay. Japanese world number two Osaka lost 7-6. Six seven two six two to American Jessica Pagula in a blow to our preparations for the French Open, which starts on the thirtieth of May. So those are two huge, you know, stars in the women's tennis, both losing on the same day. But those clay courts are very tough. A lot yeah. of these gals are a lot better on the hard court, of course. Yeah. And I don't care. I know. Well, listen, <laughs> we have a few people that really give me a scolding when I don't do, don't do tennis. So keeping with that, we got the men's and uh, Jokovic over, uh, overcomes strange three-hour rain break to advance in Rome. World number one Novak Jokovic uh, overcame a strange lengthy rain delay to beat American Taylor Fritz 6-3-7-6-7-5 to reach the third round of the Italian Open on Tuesday. Title holder Jokovic waited three hours to finish off the match despite Fritz's efforts in the second set. And speaking of going off on a Fritz, Jokovic screamed at <laughs> the chair on Paul, yeah. and uh, this has been made big news where he really got out of hand yelling at the guy for not stopping the match due to the rain and the clay court getting muddy nevertheless he did apologize after and uh, Rafael Nadal went on to win as well he beat Yannick uh, Sinner at the Italian Open today as well 7-5-6-4 Nadal I think is actually younger than Djokovic Really? Yeah, I think by a year. Is he? Yeah, he could be. Jokovic still uh, maintains number one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got a good one here, Rick. I know you're going to like this. This is from The Spun. This is from Z Mashlin. The Spun is a uh, uh, offbeat magazine, that uh, offbeat writers that come out of Yahoo Sports. Longtime NFL executive has message for Tim Tebow. Uh, critics. The Jacksonville Jaguars have gotten a lot of attention for signing Tim Tebow to their training camp roster after the better part of eight years out of football. Here he is in his jorts. Most of, football, of its criticism for signing him, in the, is, is signing him in the first place. But Hall of Fame executive Gil Brandt, also a great Dallas Cowboy legend, had a message for Tebow's critics. Talking to Twitter, Brandt dismissed the argument that Tebow shouldn't get a roster spot in favor of a legitimate player's spot. Brandt feels that the move is good for the Jaguars since it sells tickets and gets the fan base excited. He also believes that the quote-unquote legitimate player wouldn't make the final roster anyway. Never understood the, the vitriol aimed at Tebow, but even more perplexed by the last two days, Brandt said, worst I've heard is he's taking a legitimate player's spot. Tebow is the best use for Jacksonville's 90th, 90th roster spot. Sell tickets, get fan base expi- excited. That legitimate player is not making the 53-team roster. So that's that's from the godfather of football draft and football, you know, recruiting. And uh, he said, Tim, Tim Tebow, good move, Jaguars. Good move, Urban Meyer. And uh, good luck to Tim. I hope he makes that team. Yeah. And uh, that wraps up sports for today, uh, at least for the first hour. Um, we'll do more sports with Rick Amorati next hour. We're going to be celebrating 
uh, America's favorite governor in the next segment as we kick off our number two. So stay there live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Quick break. More to come. Stay there. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, and of course you can find us on all the socials, just uh, find us, LFS6B, you can also email the show, Damon reads all your emails, whether you believe it or not, he does, he actually does, Um, LFS6B at Yahoo.com, and of course, you know, we love hearing the uh, the feedback, so send those emails in. As soon as he gets back into the big chair, I'm sure he'll have, a, he'll have a bunch he'll be wanting to share. We covered Liz Cheney in the first hour. We talked to, uh, hopefully, somebody who could be the next governor oh, boy. of Minnesota. We need these constitutional guys, and we need people like DeSantis to keep going. Listen, let's be honest. The public loves DeSantis. Yes. There's very few people who are so detached and completely in their, like, goofy, woke world who like what's going on. I mean, Florida's people, you know, flooding to Florida in droves. They're leaving New York. They're leaving California. It's, there's a reason for that. Yeah, and and he's he's putting in policies that people think not only not only are they the right policy, they're common sense. They're they make sense. They they feel like, hey, this guy's actually doing something I would do. He kind of makes it seem like, you know what, I'm just like you, and I want the same thing for not only my family, but my city and my state. And he's going down that road. We're talking about, of course, Governor Ron DeSantis. And that's what makes this so interesting is because DeSantis has paved this way. He's emboldened other people to step up and say, I'm going to go on the DeSantis platform without saying the Trump platform, because even like the most ardent Trump fans are sometimes in mixed company are afraid to say, they always say when I like Trump, but because they don't want to trigger anyone. Right. Now you can say DeSantis yeah. and it's come straight ahead. And so if more guys like him and if one more guy wins, it changes the game. It's just yeah. a big deal. And again, with, with Mike Murphy, and that's the gentleman we were speaking of, uh, currently the mayor of Lexington in Minnesota, like he mentioned, what, 10, 10 miles, 10, 10 minutes 10, or something yes, out of Minneapolis. Paul, right. So he, he had a front row seat to all the, uh, all the stuff that's been going down in the city of Minneapolis. And I'm sure some of it has spilled its way towards him, but it seems like they've kept things kind of in check, which I'm sure the community there appreciates. And, you know, let's face it, if he can do that for that community, imagine what he could do for the state of Minnesota and kind of get them going back in the right direction, um, you know, and get get that guy Tim out of there. Um, so make sure you visit his website again. Let me make sure I give it to you correctly, especially if you're in the state. It's uh, Mike Murphy for M. N, you know, short for Minnesota. So make sure you visit him, Mike Murphy for MN.com, and give him your support. If you're in that state, he's going to need it. Uh, we're talking about DeSantis. Murphy talked about following the playbook or, or the model, because let's face it, Ron DeSantis is doing some great stuff in Florida. We've seen it. 
we hear about it. And uh, another thing, another great thing he did yesterday was signing the Florida Education Choice Bill into law Tuesday. He did that during a signing ceremony at a Catholic school in South Florida, expanding the eligibility for students to receive scholarship support to attend private school. So yeah, just just like all the uh, all the deep staters who, who pick their pick up their kids from their private schools, he's giving everybody in the state of Florida the opportunity to do the same thing. Joined by the Florida Education Secretary Richard Corcoran and Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez, the governor signed his House Bill 7045 at St. John the Apostle Catholic School in Hialeah. He also spoke about the bill during the news conference in Jacksonville. We have some of those clips. He had some great stuff to say. Um, Let's go with, uh, first thing, right out of the box, something I think uh, teachers would appreciate. Cut 30. G, go. Last year, we took Florida from in the bottom half of states to the top five for average minimum salary salary for school teachers. And so that was something that really people thought you should probably veto because of COVID. We need to save money. I did veto a billion, but I was like, you know what? This is hard fought. We're going to be able to do it. We'll make it work. And obviously, the states responded very well and our budget's in great shape. But we did that last year. We get, we even expanded it this year. We increased funding even more. So that minimum salary throughout the entire state of Florida um, is going to go up even more. So that's a huge achievement to be able to do that in back-to-back years. And we're really proud to be able to do it. A lot of people thought a year ago we were going to have a massive shortfall that you're going to have to slash education and all this other stuff and in fact we were able to meet the needs not just with k-12 our universities obviously scholarship programs Uh, we also did a lot for our natural resources our environment and all those uh, key things and so we'll have more to say in terms of some of the bills that come across my desk obviously i'll sign the budget at some point we're going through there's a lot of line items in there some of you may have have a few line items in there. Yeah, we'll see how the cookie crumbles. So, so we feel really good about that. Yeah, and that's great, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great step Fabulous. because you you hear about it all the time that teachers are like, well, you know, the salary's a little low. Well, you know what? Look, look to the state of Florida. They're now in the top five. Really? Which uh, you know, let's face yep. it. You take out the fact that they don't they don't collect the state tax, um, and all of a sudden that job that you may may have been thinking of, say in New York or New Jersey. Uh, you convert that down to Florida money, it's like, hey, that's a, that's a bit of a pay raise, a pay bump. Plus, they're adding to it. So that's a good thing. And again, he's fighting for the teachers when it would have been the easy call. Oh, yeah. You know, they're kind of oh, saying, yeah. well, you know, COVID, we got to cut back. He invested, he, he turned around and invested in the personnel to do the job to help the kids. He's just done every. He's checking all the boxes. It's just great. Yeah. Um, and again, for me, the fact that he's just standing up to the nonsense and leading people, you know, other governors, other people in the race who have just got to push back against this lunatic, detached left, like yeah. Elon Omar's and the you know and the AOCs. All these people have just gone so far off the rails. So it's just nice to see this kind of leadership. Yeah, and not only that, he he continued on during the uh, the question and answer portion of the ceremony. Um, of course, after he signed the bill, uh, talking about what he hopes to see next year for the kids in the school. G, go to that. So the question is, it's a great question. What about the fall school year? Um, what's our, our direction uh, to the school districts and other schools? Um, and and our, our direction is, um, you know, relatively simple. Have a normal school year. Okay. 
Now listen to what that sounds like. And that's what we want, and that's what will happen, and, and I'm looking forward to doing that, and, and I think that the, the school did that. Look, a lot of the charter schools, I mean, we Richard and I were talking about, we were at the classical school right down the road in, in, a, in the other part of town here. They had a normal school year, okay? And so I think that's where we need to be. I think a lot of schools have gone in that direction now, but, you know, here's the... These kids do not need to be wearing these masks, okay? I'm sorry, they don't. We need to be able to let them be kids and let them act normally. And that's what should be the case in the fall throughout the school year. Yeah, to applause. So that yeah. tells you that, you know what? A lot of the people there who, who have kids themselves, or maybe they had kids in school, or they realize you know, the, the damage of keeping them out of school can do they're, they're all in support of it. And like he mentioned, they, they reference a school that, that, that was just down the road, had a normal school year. Everything's fine. Hmm. I wonder why that is. More questions, huh, Paul? <laughs> I just can't. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. We're going to um, vaccinate 12-year-olds. We're going to mask them. Gonna, you know, it's baseball. Kids on a baseball field have to wear a mask. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's totally bizarre. Ridiculous. And this is uh, the last of uh, the clips from Ron DeSantis from yesterday, talking about the state and the schools again, kind of kind of wrapping it all up in together. And take take a listen. I mean, this is this is the guy who, again, Mike Murphy from Minnesota is like, hey, he's he's the prototype. He's he's laying out the 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 groundwork. He's, he's making it so it's easier for us to say, hey, follow this game plan. Take a listen to this. If you believe in education, if you believe in that these teachers matter, that the coaches matter, and they play a big role in people's lives, how could you possibly be in favor of shutting down these kids out of school uh, for the last year. You just can't do that. So we did the right thing in Florida. You know, we're, we're excited that we've had a successful school year, not just with academics. We were talking about athletics, some of the stuff. You know, there's some places they still aren't even playing sports um, you know, with the kids. So we thought all of that stuff was very, very important. So the end result is in Florida, and look, I mean, we're, it's not, COVID's not over, but in terms of all the decisions that people have made over the last year, Florida, uh, we have 26 other states that have higher per capita COVID mortality than Florida. Among seniors, 40 states have higher per capita COVID mortality than Florida. And yet, we're one of the few states that had schools open all year. Uh, we have a 4.7% unemployment rate, which is significantly less than the national average. And oh, by the way, CDC has closed our cruise lines for over a year, one of our major industries. We're suing them in court. We have a hearing tomorrow <laughs> to open up our cruise ships and give people these jobs back. So you look at all that, clearly we did better on schools, clearly we did better on economic opportunity. And I think when all of those things go in that direction, you're doing better on quality of life. And the thing, when we had UFC here uh, and did that, which was by the way, a phenomenal event, yep. very successful. Our COVID's gone down like 30% since we had that event. And a lot of people were <laughs> trying to criticize UFC. Um, so they did, they did a good job. But you know, the head of UFC, Dana White said, you know, I come down here, people are just happier in Florida. You know, they're happy to be able to be in control of their own destiny. They're happy to have a government that trusts them to make decisions for themselves and their family instead of using uh, the iron fist of government uh, to, to regulate and restrict everybody based off a lot of times crackpot science, quite frankly. If you look at some of the things that have been done, you can't dance at a wedding. You know, you can't eat outside. You, you can't have kids playing on play. I mean, these are things that were imposed under force of law 
in different parts of our country. We didn't do that here, uh, and I think we're better for it. And we're certainly better for, as a state, having our scholarship program uh, uh, programs and all the expansion of happiness and opportunity that today's bill is going to give people. So job well done on the legislature. Let's keep going on offense and let's keep expanding that opportunity for everyone. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Well, good stuff. I, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, Rick has got America's team in Dallas. Yep. I think we've got America's governor down in Florida. No okay. question about it. I mean, you you got to believe he's the front runner to 2024. You just got to believe it. Yep. Well, not only that. I mean, just just what he's doing um, statewide for the for, for the state of Florida and the people there. And and like he said, he, he you know people are there are happier. You hear it all the time. I know people that are moving down there. My sister's moving down there. Why? Because they're happier. Hey, guys, the only thing that they have over in New York is ba we have over them is bagels and pizza. That's it. Other yeah. than that, you might as well move to Florida. Right. Yeah, I know, but the, my buddy is down there, and you know, we're, we're going down again next month to look for another place. He's, they're shipping water down there, and they're making bagels old school ways, and they're doing it, and it's coming. You know, it's fine. So if you, have, you know, my buddy, when, who's, I'm going to move next to him. I'm looking – Probably that he said when I first came down there 15 years ago, I was afraid of the food. He goes, now I leave here. He travels the world. He goes, now I, I'm going to miss the food when I leave Florida. The food down wow. there is great now, according to him. And he's a gavon. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's a gavon. He's an animal. Well, there you have it. Straight, for, straight from Paul. He's a gavon. I don't even know what that means. Eat the sausage. Um, eat the sausage. <laughs> eat a dozen ah. of them. That that reminds me. Had to. Uh, Cuomo. We'll do that. We'll do Cuomo I tomorrow. I did nothing wrong. Exactly. We'll take this quick break again. Um, DeSantis doing a great job in Florida. We got some more great stuff coming up. We'll do some news with Paul coming up next. And um, yeah, sports coming up later on in the hour. We also got some other clips and another crazy town to get to. So stay there. LFS6B oh. at Yahoo.com. If you want to send an email live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, we'll be back right after this. from Studio 6P on Real America's Voice, Dish, Chat, uh, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. And again, we appreciate you joining us here on a Wednesday night. If you missed the first hour, you missed potential new Minnesota Governor Mike Murphy. He was a guest. Great guy. Wish him all the best. Hopefully, you know what? We might we might see him back on our airwaves in the future because uh got a long time until 2022, until that election. And he's got to, you know, work up some support for the primary. He's, got, he's running against some other people looking for the nomination in the Republican Party. So we wish him the best. And we appreciate him taking the time to join us here tonight. Uh, Great with guest. That, he was terrific. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was. He, Good he, guy. He's a salt-of-the-earth guy. Solid yep. guy, family guy, former, uh, former police officer, currently a mayor. Business owner, you name it, uh, family man. Yeah. Checks all the boxes. You know, yeah. he gets it from all the perspectives. Good stuff, though. Yeah. With that said, though, it's time to do a little bit of news, our first bit of news with Paul Nolan. Paul, what do you got for us? So, you know, we've all heard about this 
cyber attack, which is affecting over a thousand gas stations out of fuel in the southeast, and the average price of gas rises above three dollars. This is from just the news. Americans in the southeast are running low on gasoline with over a thousand stations out of service. Uh, While there is no shortage of oil or gasoline, the problem is transporting the commodity to the east coast and panic buying. About 45% of the region's oil is delivered through the pipeline, which was hit Friday by some form of a cyber attack. A large part of the pipeline operation were restarted manually late Monday, and the company is expected to have most of its operation back up and running by the end of the week. Um, but according to reports, out of uh, one of every four North Carolina gas stations is out of gas, and about 70% of gas stations are out of gas in Georgia and Virginia. And uh, Florida, Maryland, South Carolina, and Tennessee are also experiencing some outages. So yeah, it, um, it feels like Jimmy Carter's the president. Well, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's why the giant Bidens went to ve- meet the little mini Carters to find out how they could destroy the oh. nation's, uh, you know, oil supply. So yeah. I know well, we asked, um, we do have a clip Biden of, about uh, the, uh, gas supply and uh, right. That's uh, cut 34 G. Yep. I can say to Americans who are worried about the supply of gas and rising prices right now. We have been in very, very close contact with Colonial Pipeline, which is the one area you're talking about where the one of the reasons the gasoline prices are going up. And I think you're going to hear some good news in the next 24 hours. And I think we'll be getting that under control. Secondly, um, uh, I have, uh, in the meantime, made it easier for us to have lifted some of the restrictions on the transportation of fuel, as well as access to the United States military providing fuel and with vehicles to get it there where places where it's badly needed. And um, I'd also point out that I think what this shows is that uh, I think we have to uh, make a greater investment in education as it relates to being able to train and graduate more people proficient in cybersecurity. Uh, and uh, I've been saying for a long, long time now, I know I probably, you could probably say it for me, but uh, I think that one of the most important things we have to do to reclaim our place as a leading innovator in the world is to Stop giving uh, stuff to China, uh, have a better educated Stop. workforce. And that goes back to the days oh a long God. time ago now, over five years ago, and I was vice president, and I surveyed all the Fortune 500 companies. said, what do you most need? And remember what they said, better educated workforce. But they're not spending money to educate the workforce. And uh, But it's important that we do this. And the cybersecurity piece is one I think you're going to see where we need significantly larger number of experts in the area of cybersecurity working for private companies, as well as um, uh, private companies being willing to uh, um, share data as to what, how they're protecting themselves. I think that's part of the long-term answer, not just in terms of energy, but across the board. I know that's not a direct response to your question, but it does impact on it, I think, down the road. All right. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he said nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. There never, there never is a direct response to the question ever. Unbelievable. He's just, it's amazing. It's just, he, he just babbles on. It's, it's like Pisaki and him. Like you can't. It's the least transparent we've ever seen. It's yeah. comical. Uh, it's a, it's amazing that he took questions. You know, the, there's a, a, another clip that uh, G grabbed for us. Uh, this is clip 36 uh, when asked about the infrastructure. But listen, listen to the way he he, he starts. Talking about this, G. <laughs> What's your take on the end of your meeting, sir? Were you off the bed? He's leaving. He's got to go. Which one, huh? which one of the 12 I've had? You guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. I'm supposed to leave, but I I'm can't not, resist your questions. Um, uh, you can stop. You're the uh, president, you putz. Supposed to leave. What he's does supposed that mean? to. He's not, not supposed, supposed to, to answer questions. <laughs> I, I've been instructed by my bosses. Yes. Don't answer questions. Are they you re- kidding me? They realize that I'm a bumbling fool and I'm going to say something I'm not supposed to say. So they let me knew. just say this. Let me right. interject a little self-deprecating. You know, I'm not supposed to answer questions because I'm an idiot. What a um, horse's ass. Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. And he says it all the time. All the all time, time, man. He calls the, the, you know, Kamala president, yeah. and he's made all kinds of gaffes. This guy's. this is the emptiest suit I've ever seen in any position of power, let alone president, for God's sakes. Are you kidding me? Would let you would let this guy run the local chapter of the Elks Club. <laughs> I, I wouldn't let him run down the hall. Well, you wouldn't let him drive a car in open country roads. No, he's the type of person you take their shoes and you take the keys so they don't leave the house. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's what happens. So, what else did he have to say here, G? Because now I'm annoyed. I, I came away uh, encouraged. And, what? But I want to make it clear to you. I'm encouraged not just because of a solid meeting with um, with uh, who is he? Who is it? Who is it? The, uh, who? Who? Republican leader who? in the House this and is, with uh, with Mitch or Senator McConnell, who I've known a long, who? long time and work with. You sure? I've been meeting with bipartisan <laughs> leaders for a long time now. How long? I've met with gosh knows how many. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. And there's more than you don't one even know single how many. group. There's bipartisan organi- you know, groups made up of 10 or 20. Uh, Members, there's been what's the name of the groups group? that I, I met with. Uh, for example, I met with yesterday with Kristen Cinema. I thought that was a, and she purported, and I believe her, to speak for some of the bipartisan her her friends who are both sides oh. of the aisle about how to deal, how to go forward with infrastructure. So I'm generically, I'm encouraged that generic there is room <laughs> great. to have a compromise on a bipartisan bill that's solid and significant. And a means by which to pay for it without dropping all of the, uh, all of the burden on um, the stuff. Oh my middle class and working class people. Pop, pop. Look, yeah, what's the one thing right people there, are concerned about? What he just said. Whenever he speaks, and this is why they don't want him answering questions, because he just pop, pop, admitted. Pop, pop, get over here. He pop, just pop. admitted. You know what? The rich aren't going to pay for this. He just said, and if you roll it back a little bit, he says, we don't want to drop it all on the, the, the middle class. Roll it back a little bit, G. Listen to this. On middle class and working class people. Look, what's the See, one thing people are concerned about with the gas? Is if you're going to cut one? I don't know. <laughs> you can keep going, G. This is, this is amazing. Gasoline, prices going up. Exactly right. 
Yeah. And it matters. It matters. If you make $40,000 a year, it matters if you're a two-family person that making two eighty, ninety thousand dollars two fam two wage earners it matters <laughs> two family like, like a guy who has well, two families in do, two different locations and this yes will it be matters. another discussion we didn't get into today is how to pay for it and if everything is paid for by a user fee well then you know the oh, burden falls on working class folks who are uh, who are having trouble They're, we're, we're, right, we're getting them out of the oh my He's wow. a babbling fool. This, it honestly feels yeah. like every time he's like when he starts talking, like you're gonna hear someone yell, "Pop, pop, pop, pop! Get over here! <laughs> Stop! You can, don't get yourself get run cream. over! Stop doing what you're doing!" Amazing, but he just let that, and that's why they don't want him answering questions. He just told you the middle class is gonna end up footing the bill on this. There you go. We'll be back with more live from Studio Six B. Don't be mad at us. Their words. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We appreciate you joining us here on a Wednesday evening. Man, oh man, show has been flying by. A lot of great stuff we're trying to get to you. We still have some uh, good stuff we need to get to. Um, but before we get to more news with Paul and, and sports with Rick Amarati and my purple shirt, let's do <laughs> our second crazy town for today. G works hard on these, and uh, I hate when we forget about them. So, G, crank it up. All right, it's Jen uh, The president believes that uh, he was elected to find opportunities for common ground uh -huh. uh, and uh, to identify areas where we can work together. So some examples where there's already some activity on Capitol Hill are a, destruct, uh, a, 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 a conversation, I should say. That was a hard word for some reason. What, you speak for the president. What is his message, message to Americans right now who are worried about the supply of gas and rising prices? Uh, his message is, um, I understand. And I uh, am doing everything I can, uh, using every lever of government uh, to ensure we reduce the impact on the American people and their lives. Whether it is because they want to do travel for the weekend, whether they are going to visit their grandchildren because they just got vaccinated, uh, just to incorporate another objective. This is a meeting where they could spend the entire time talking about areas where they disagree, uh, including uh, who won the election. And the president has 80 judges in courts and tens of millions of Americans behind him on that uh, piece, but he doesn't mm. find that particularly constructive. Clearly, the Republican Party uh, has to work out who they are and what they stand for. Uh, the facts are on our side, and uh, more than 80 judges across the country threw out lawsuits uh, attempting to overturn the outcome of the election. Uh, what the president believes his role is, is to lead by example and to offer and an alternative of leadership to the American people. Uh, we, we believe that health and medical experts should be our North Star and that uh, leaning on them and their uh, data analysis and their review of what they think the guidance should be to ensure that the American people can be confident in that uh, should continue to be our North Star. Sometimes people may feel that's slow. We understand, it's frustrating. I'm tired of wearing a mask too. I think the president uh, wanted to convey that um, 
we, the world is not waiting uh, for us to work together here as Democrats and Republicans to increase our own competitiveness, uh, to invest in the American workforce, and uh, they're not waiting for uh, the resolution of a leadership fight. Uh, they are waiting for us to, uh, they, are, they are waiting to see what we will do and what we will do in this moment. In the name of independent justice, we will allow the Justice Department, encourage the Justice Department to continue to be an independent Justice Department, which I know is different from what we saw over the last four years, so it feels funny to oh. some people. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we've, uh, and, uh, seems like the leadership meeting has, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Should we wrap? Uh, um, you know, you have these, these surprising inflation numbers, um, the jobs number was much lower than expected, um, situation in Israel, the pipeline. Does it suddenly feel like the external world is turning on you guys or, or that you suddenly are juggling a lot more? crises that's what we're made for here uh, we certainly know that and the president knew from having served as vice president for eight years that when you walk in and you're the leader of the free world and you're overseeing a country that is still working its way through a pandemic and an economic recovery that you have to prepare be prepared to juggle multiple challenges multiple crises at one time and uh, that's exactly what we're doing at this moment. Okay, thanks. Okay. Just moments ago, Leader McConnell said to those reporters... This is like real life happening here. Real news in real time. Look, the only thing that Joe Biden juggles is the English language. Yeah. The marbles in his mouth. That's about all like he that. juggles. And and you know what? Speaking of Joe Biden and uh, how he's he's almost replicating the 1970s, guess who had something to say about it? You'll never guess. Uh, the Carters? From the desk of President John, Donald J. Trump. Oh, I thought you had a... Uh... <laughs> he had this to say, picture number three there, G. I see that everybody's comparing Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter. It would seem to me that it's very unfair to Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Jimmy mishandled crisis after crisis, but Biden has created crisis after crisis. <laughs> first, so there was, first there was the Biden border Brilliant. crisis that he refuses to call a crisis. Then the Biden economic crisis. Then the Biden Israeli crisis. And now the Biden gas crisis. Joe Biden has had the worst start of any president in United States history. And someday they will compare future disasters to the Biden administration. But no, Jimmy was better. <laughs> so there, uh, <laughs> he gets the compliment Jimmy Carter while insulting him. That's an art form. That's exactly. Beautiful. Uh, so there, uh, uh, another another uh, nugget from the desk of Donald J. Trump. Um, speaking of, uh, I thought you said you had a clip. I thought you had a clip. I'm sorry of uh, of of they them weighing in on Carter from the Carter household. So I'm sorry I missed you there. I missed oh, that read. I wish I did. Um, but you got uh, any more news? I just think it's just we touched on it last night briefly. Okay. But Trump and Pompeo criticized Biden over the Ham Hamas attacks on Israel. Um, Trump went on to say, when I was in office, we were known as the peace presidency because Israel's adversaries knew the United States stood strongly with Israel and there would be swift retribution if Israel was attacked. Under Biden, the world is getting more violent and more unstable because Biden's weakness and lack of support for Israel is leading to the new attacks on our allies. And, you know, um, Hamas terrorists 
group in the Gaza Strip fired towards Jerusalem. We saw some of the fireworks uh, yesterday. I don't know if we have any of them, um, if people didn't see it last night, but it it was hellacious what we saw going on there. And um, you've seen it spilling over now here in the States. We're seeing what looks like organized um, attacks. You know, on yeah, we're talking about uh, cut, number, cut number 37, G. This happening, this went down, I guess, in New York City. In New York City. Look at this. Uh, a Jewish gentleman was chased and attacked. He was beaten and then chased, ran for his life and hidden there, and they were threatening to kick the windows in. And Look at the blood dripping from his forehead. His, his shirt is covered in blood, and the cops, thank God the cops are there. But these, Finally. these rioters look organized. The ones in D.C. yesterday oh, looked wow. Look Goodness. at how much blood. He, was in, he has blood. his throat stabbed, and he was holding that wound. But you saw the, um, the instantaneous pro-Palestinian marches in D.C. looked awfully organized, and they were... I mean, kind of on cue. On cue. I mean, I don't know. This is just all part of this whole, just anything to disrupt anything and create as much divide and conquer as possible. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely but, crazy. And you know what? Actually, Joe Biden was asked about that uh, today. What's going down in the Middle East? Gee, roll that clip number 35. Are you concerned about the violence in the Middle East? And can you talk about what conversations you have had with officials there? My uh, national security staff and defense staff has been in constant contact with their counterparts in the Middle East, uh, not just with the Israelis, but also with, with Iran. Uh, everyone from the Egyptians to the Saudis to the Emiratis, et cetera. And uh, I had a conversation with Bibi Netanyahu uh, not too long ago. I'll be putting out a statement very shortly on that. Um, my expectation and hope is that uh, uh, this will be... Uh, closing down sooner than later but uh israel has a right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying into your territory but uh i had a, a conversation for a while with with the uh prime minister of israel and uh i think that uh, hey, what's his name my hope is that we'll see uh, this coming to conclusion sooner than later oh wow what, what a, a vociferous uh, defense of Israel yeah. by our uh, by our esteemed president there when asked about the violence in the Middle East. And, and, and you know, let's face it, last year, what was it, five peace deals? Yeah, five yeah. peace deals. And now we have a five-year-old boy who was killed and at least 20 others uh, Israelis uh, hurt in Gaza based on, you know, a, ba- a barrage of rockets that hit. And, uh, you know, we have this house right here, you know, you can see the, the attack and... and it's amazing. It's amazing, and, and this stuff is going on, and it's kind of it's kind of weird. Again, it, it makes you scratch your head, like, wow, why is this all of a sudden happening? Wow, how did how did Hamas get all these rockets, and and what's going on? How come how come Iran is supplying them? Because I know they were congratulated, they were thanking Iran for supplying them with all these brand new rockets, and where yeah. the, where the heck did they get the money for that stuff? Oh yeah, hmm. wasn't there a, wasn't I there a wonder. pallet with a billion dollars in um yeah according to the times of israel um ido avagal was five but five six i'm not sure how much of a difference it makes but it's it's terrible but look we got to be fair here there's people in innocence in palestine being you know killed too we have to call yeah. it both ways i mean no good is coming from this whoever lit this powder keg you know whoever set this in motion the same people who were funding 
you know, ISIS. They were funding uh, Al Qaeda. The same people who are, you know, promoting and prompting wars. You know, they're, yeah, they're getting Hamas, rich off it. Hezbollah, Hamas, you name Hezbollah. It. Yeah, we saw we saw how Trump stopped the financing of Hezbollah through some of these groups, and you know, we hadn't heard a lot from them. Boom. All of a sudden, the hey, new guy looks, looks like- a lot like uh, Obama's uh, administration. But I don't know if you know, it, to me, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but little a Palestinian girl was in on her phone, and bombs are blowing her up, and they're dying there too. So, is that a you- cut number thirty-eight? Here it is. <laughs> So, look, I mean, we have to call it both ways here. This hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. This is what they call the CIA used to call blowback. You you kill and people are going to kill back. It's just the laws of reciprocation, and it's just not going to stop. It's going to keep on rolling. It's going to keep on coming, and it's going to escalate and escalate and escalate. And, you know, it's, this is a perfect example of Biden being so weak and the war machine and all the neocons getting what they want. And it, this can't. This doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon, in my opinion. No. And, of course, you know, we, we've heard enough about, you know, the shenanigans of John Kerry and what he was up to in the Middle East mm-hmm. during the Trump administration. Yep. And who knows? Is, is this related? I don't know. Maybe he should be. Uh, maybe he should be questioned about it under oath. Well, maybe CBS News will do an investigative. Stop it. That's hilarious. Right. It's terrible. So, it's terrible. There's no, there's no watchdog for these, you know, for the, for the powers that be. It's, it's terrible. No, and it's too bad. And, and again, because there, there has been kind of a, uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of violence there in the last few years. And all of a sudden, you're starting to see it ramp up again. You're starting to see things start to go back to the way they were. And what has changed? We all know what's changed. Yeah, the, com- the, the strength. Yeah, there's a common denominator. When you look at all these things and how they're attached, um, it just kind of makes you scratch your head. And, and, you know, hopefully more people's eyes are opening up as to what is going on. And, you know, maybe some, some, uh, some more questions are going to be raised by not only, not only the people in Washington that we elect who should be asking the questions on our behalf, but maybe now, maybe some of us will start asking those questions of our quote-unquote leaders. Be like, what the heck are you guys doing? How is how can you allow this to start up again? What did you do? Yeah, I think there's a lot there that needs to be answered. Will we get the answers? Who knows? No chance. But uh, it's always nice to make sure you're not blinded by party affiliation. We got to take a quick break. We got the last segment of the show coming up. That means Slick Rick Sports is on deck. Who knows what he's got planned for us in the last segment? But I'm sure it's sports related. With a big smile and a wink. Yeah. We'll do that next. And uh, thank you again for joining us here on a Wednesday night live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. Wow. Quick, quick show tonight. 
lot of great stuff. We got to as much as we could. We tried to jam-pack it full of stuff for you, uh, including an interview with Mike Murphy, who's running for governor of the state of Minnesota. If you want to visit his website, if you missed the interview, of course, you can find it online. We'll have that online probably tomorrow or the next day after that. Mike Murphy for M, as in Minnesota, N, as in uh, N, as in, uh, as in uh, what? What's an N word? <laughs> You know, what's short for Minnesota, MN. So it's Mike Murphy for MN.com. You can read all about him. You get to meet him. You can donate to his, uh, to his campaign. Seems like a real, you know, down-home, grounded guy, real American, just, Open you know, trying to make a difference, trying to uh, follow the policies that have made him a, a, a successful mayor in Lexington, and now he wants to take it statewide. So good luck to him. Hopefully uh, we'll see him again. Uh, also, this quick little thing, I just thought I'd, throw out some uh some good news here if you haven't heard already where is it i just had it ah my goodness i was gonna toss it to to rick after i read this oh here it is um biden resumes wall construction after promising to halt it (laughs) Ah, he has to build trump's wall as the crisis worsens for a well 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 (laughs) that's perfect for paul (laughs) More like wall, 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 wall. There you go. Wall, wall, wall would work. So yeah, I th- I thought that would be a nice little uh, a nice little thing to send you home with because I know we've been we've been talking about some of the negative stuff with uh you know some of the stuff in the news today. But before we do that, of course, we have to go to sports. And Rick Amarati, what do you got for us? Oh, keep it inside the fence. We got a little early rodeo this week. I got a little Wahoo Wednesday out west rodeo. <laughs> Santa Rosa Roundup, Vernon, Texas at the Santa Rosa Arena. Round one under the way earlier today and steer wrestling, Don Payne with a good score, 3.7 seconds. Team roping, Brenton Hall and Chase Tryon, 4.9 seconds. They're going to keep trying for a better score there. And tie down <laughs> roping, Corey Solomon, 9.9 seconds. And with the bow racing, we never forget the ladies, last but not least, by no means, we have Taylor Moyakins with 17.19 seconds. So we'll keep an eye on that all weekend. Jam-packed rodeo tomorrow night and through the weekend. So we'll keep the Rick Rodeo rolling and uh, no question about it. Major League Baseball. We got some scores right now for you on that. Let's get right over to the baseball. Okay. Second game two. Padres and Rockies tied at two in the top of the seventh. Uh, bottom of the eighth, we have the Nationals. Two to one over the Phillies. Yankees are up one nothing in the Bronx. That's in the top of the ninth. Tigers over the Royals. Four two. Bottom eight. Bottom seven, we have Athletics. Maybe moving to Vegas soon. Over the Red Sox. Four to one. Bottom seven. And uh, Blue Jays right now over over the Braves, two to one. That's in the bottom of the eighth. Everything's in the bottoms. Bottom six, nothing, nothing still. <laughs> Cardinals and Brewers waiting for a score. Wow. Astros okay. over the Angels, three nothing, mid five. And White Sox right now, six three, over the Minnesota Twins. That's in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, Marlins and Diamondbacks just underway in the first. And the Marlins out at west to take on the Dodgers. 10-10, first pitch. NHL action. We have right now Kings and Avalanche in action. Late first, nothing-nothing. Blues are leading the Wild, 2-0 in the end of the first. And the Senators uh, came back to score three over three unanswered over the Maple Leafs. That's 3-2. That's in the second right now. NBA action. Well, Russell Westbrook did not get that record, that Oscar Robinson triple-double record that has stood for the last 
50 years now. Uh, the uh, Hawks beat the Wizards 120 to 116. He, found, he fell just five rebounds short, so he'll get that record eventually. The Nets looking good all over the Spurs 95 78. DeMar Rosen for the Brooklyn Nets with 21. The Cavs right now and the Celtics in a good one. Celtics are up by two. Jason Tatum with 24 to Celts. Mavs 32 30 over the Pelicans. That's in the third. Trailblazers and Jazz just underway. Rockets and Lakers 10-10. And, uh, well, Forbes had a report today, and Conor McGregor was the world's highest-paid athlete in the past 12 months. In a year where most sports went on temporary hiatus, Conor McGregor found a way to profit. This is from Chris Seawick of Yahoo Sports. McGregor made $180 million over the last 12 months, making wow. him the highest-paid athlete in the world, according to Forbes. McGregor claimed that title mostly thanks to his whiskey business. McGregor sold his proper number 12 whiskey to Proximo Spirits in a deal reportedly worth $600 million. Forbes credits McGregor. McGregor with $150 million as a result of the sale. Combine that with McGregor's other endorsements and his $22 million payday from fighting Dustin Poirier in January. And Forbes estimates McGregor made $180 cool million bucks. The publication notes that McGregor made at least $158 away from the octagon, which puts him in elite territory. Roger Federer and Tiger Woods are the only other athletes who have earned at least $70 million away from the field uh, while still being active in their sport. Uh, Lino Messi and also uh, he was second on the list. He made $130 million and Messi reportedly made $97 million of that on the field. A huge contrast to how McGregor made his money and Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't far behind earning $120 million and coming back to the States, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott ranked fourth on the list, earning $107.5 million. Go Dak. Uh, Pop Warner is investigating a viral youth tackling video. I posted this at Slick Rick Sports. Give me a follow, and I'll keep you posted on what's going on in sports. This is a good one. We have Pop Warner, two Two boys, probably about eight years old, and what a collision. We can't run the tape because they're both wearing Tennessee Titan uniforms and can't use the logos for licensing reasons. But Pop Warner said yesterday he was investigating a viral video from last year that showed two youth football players colliding in a ball-carrying and tackling drill. The video caused a massive amount of outrage uh, amongst current and former NFL athletes as well as fans of the sport, with some liking the drill to child abuse. Check it out. It's really amazing when you see what happened. Just a little too rough. This video came out, actually, it was taken last September, and the coach was disciplined and removed from the team. Um, it's still under investigation. Of course, Pop Warner is saying they do not uh, you know, condone that type of, uh, of practicing. USA Football, who uh, also governs them, came out and said the same thing. You know, By no means do they want to see those type of practices. But you really got to see it's very scary the way that one young fella hit the other fella. And uh, crazy. Uh, going back to football, the New York Jets and Atlanta Falcons, Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars set as 2020. NFL London games. We talked about the games. The schedules came out today. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, the two top picks in the 2021 draft, will be on the international stage this season when their team is set to play in London. Great to see them going back across the pond for the games. And you know what? For the Jets, it could be a good omen, guys, because for the Jets, they're going back to London. And what did London give us? The Beatles. And the Beatles were still <laughs> together the last time the Jets won a Super Bowl. So could be something good making there for them. <laughs> And uh, former Vikings coach Jerry Burns passed away today at 94. You know, I always got to get the obits in. He was a, uh, a coach with the Vikings for 24 seasons, back with Bud Grant. And then he also uh, coached under the great Vince Lombardi as an assistant coach at Iowa when, back in the day. And, uh, hey, you know, he was, a good, he was a good coach back in the late 80s, early 90s. Has one of the greatest 
press conferences you'll ever want to see. He dropped more F-bombs than you could ever imagine <laughs> in that press conference. And his team actually won the game. I'll never forget that. So you get a chance. Check that out. It's all over the internet, but I'm certainly not going to quote that. It, and- it kind of reminds me of Earl Weaver. Remember him? Yes, I do. Earl, Earl, Earl. Earl. Yep. And uh, for our NHL fans, the Seattle Kraken signed their very first uh, uh, free agent, and that was uh, Luke Henman. No household name. Probably be 30, 40 guys that may make the team before Luke. But, Including uh, the hey. signed Tim Tebow, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Tim anywhere. And that's a wrap in sports. Thanks, guys. Hey, yeah, no, no problem. Hey, you know what? Speaking of Tebow, since you mentioned it, I'm watching this uh, – I'm watching this video that you posted, Rick, on Slick Rick Sports on yes, Twitter. Yes, the pop one. Oh, so just kid. so you know, just to wrap it up, I don't know if you guys know, but Jobs Creators Network petition for the MLB to return the All-Star Game to Georgia now surpassed 11,000 signatures. Pressure is on. Nice. Right, Pressure is on. This Love is growing. It. And Love speaking, of, it. Uh, speaking of uh, Tim Tebow, uh, hasn't been signed yet officially from what I understand, but according to people who were there and coaches that were there, they were extremely impressed with the workout. Meyer began saying the Jaguars had not signed him yet, but he talked to uh, Tebow afterwards. Tebow's in the best shape of his life, approached them about the workout. Coaches reportedly were impressed with Tebow's ball skills and told Meyer that Tebow looks like he's 18, not 33. So, wow. Who knows? It could happen. We'll have to see. Wrapping up another great show. Thank you, Paul Nolan. Thank you, Rick Amorati. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Oh, as always, we salute our military, active and retired, first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police, everyone on the front lines. Thank you so much, Fran and Gio, as well. And uh, thank you for watching. Till tomorrow night. Peace.